Hey everyone, welcome back to Daily Manna, where we're learning to feed on the Word of God, chapter by chapter. Today we'll be looking at Mark chapter 1. So we just, of course, completed Matthew, which presented the Lord in a certain way. Really, in Matthew, we see Christ as the King. He's our King Savior. And in Mark, which is another one of the four Gospels, we have a different view. You could say a different aspect of the Lord that we'd like to see Him as the slave Savior, the slave of God, serving God, serving man, or even as a, as a servant, you could really say. The four Gospels present these aspects of the Lord in different ways. You have the Lord presented as a king in Matthew, the Lord presented as a slave savior in Mark. He is a man in Luke, and then in John, he's presented as, as God. He is God in his deity. So I hope this would, this would really show us, as we read through Mark, we would have this kind of a view. We're going to see the Lord Jesus as a servant, as the slave of God, here to serve God and to serve man. So a helpful illustration presented in this is you have someone in high position in office. If they complete their term, maybe they would come to serve as a janitor, to serve others. Uh, it's a unique example, but who would you appreciate? You know, there's a certain excellency, of course, of someone with a high standing, a high position, but then they become a janitor to serve others. You would really see an aspect of that individual's beauty or virtue in their humanity. And even who would you be more comfortable with? The president or, you know, someone in high office or a janitor? Well, we might, we might feel much more comfortable with someone who would just like a janitor in this status. Well, this is just a simple illustration, but to help us see the position of the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark in relation to the other gospels. The gospel of Matthew, we see the Lord Jesus as the king of kings in his kingship. But in Mark, we see the Lord as as a slave, as a servant. I hope we would have some appreciation of him in this book, in this light. So as we now come to Mark chapter 1, it begins like this, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then, of course, it continues. What's interesting here is Mark actually doesn't have a genealogy. There's no genealogy. There's no status. Of course, in Matthew, there's quite a lengthy genealogy. In Luke, there's also a genealogy. But with Mark presenting the Lord as, as a servant, as a slave, his ancestry is not worthy. It's not worthy of note. With a king, you need to know their lineage, even with a man. And John also doesn't have uh, a genealogy there because he is God. His genealogy is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. But here in Mark, there's no history. There's no history. And also in this book, as we read through, we'll see that Mark's intention was not to impress us with the Lord's wonderful words, but with his excellent deeds in his gospel service. In this first chapter, I'd like to highlight a couple of things. One being the word immediately. Immediately. I don't know if you picked this up as you read through. This word actually appears about 11 times in this chapter. And really signifies his diligence and service. It highlights a certain aspect of the Lord's care for others. He just, he responded. He was there. He was present. He had a heart. He was ready to care for man, to lead man to God. So even in these, there's certain things that the Lord does here. He proclaims the gospel. This was the first thing that he did in his ministry. 
This is verse 14, proclaiming. Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. Verse 15, saying, repent and believe in the gospel. Repent. To repent is to have a change of mind. There's regret for the past, repenting of sins, wrongdoing, anything usurping us from the Lord, but also to have a turn for the future, to give yourself to God, to His purpose. Not only to repent, but to believe, to believe in our heart. This is to believe into Him, receiving Him as our Savior. The Lord came to infuse faith into all those He interacted with. This was His service to God and to man. He came with words of the gospel, full of faith. And then he teaches the truth. He casts out demons. He heals the sick. And then this last one, he cleanses the leper. This was the Lord's care for man. He came to serve. In Mark 10, 45, um, that we'll come to, of course, in the future, but it's quite precious to see this aspect of the Lord. It says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served. Wow. He did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We may have this thought, Lord, here I am. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do this. Well, this book actually presents the Lord in his service of man. Actually, he came to serve you. And his ultimate service to you and to me was to give his life on our behalf, to give his life as a ransom for many. So coming back to Mark 1, we see our dear slave savior, servant of God, servant of man, caring for them. Even in this last portion on cleansing the leper, the leper comes to him and says, if you are willing, you can cleanse me. And then verse 41 says, and he was moved with compassion, stretching out his hand. He touched him. This is one who could not be touched. They had to declare unclean, unclean. They were ostracized from others. He was moved with compassion and said, I am willing be cleansed. Then in verse 42, immediately the leprosy left him. And then the Lord sternly charges him, saying, say that you say nothing to anyone. This is actually a unique expression that the Lord uses multiple times in this book, in chapters 5, 7, 9. And it's similar to actually what was prophesied in Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, verses 1 and 2, Verse 1 speaks about, here is my servant. So there in the Old Testament, it speaks about the coming one, the Lord, is a servant. Wow. My chosen one in whom my soul delights. And then in verse 2, it says, He will not cry out, nor lift up his voice, nor make his voice heard in the street. This is a description of the Lord as, as a servant of God. He wanted his work to be done within the limits of a move that was according to God's purpose. He was not there for man's propaganda, man's excitement. He wasn't governed by this. He was there to care for God's purpose and to care for man. This was his view. Thanks for tuning in and keep enjoying the Bible.